But it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm happy to be here this morning, and I hope that you've had a good week. And I can say, I can say that you have had a good week because you're not in the hospital or in the morgue. And, uh, and some people are. I mean, that's real, you know. I'm not trying to be funny there. I'm just saying uh, that's real. For our Sunday school lesson this morning, we'll be looking in John chapter 14. And for our visitors, let me say, let me say that uh, when, I, when I teach Sunday school class, I don't teach a, a chapter uh, a day. Sometimes I only get one verse read because I, I like to take time and I like to see what the, what the Bible is saying to us. And uh, not just that I, you know that I can read. And if you listen to me read, uh, I'm kind of like Chris. I, strip a, I, I skip a word now and then. So, so I try to read it right and I want to read it right. That... Uh, Say again, thank you for being here, and I hope God will bless us today. Uh, we are starting our revival, as we've already said, uh, this morning, and uh, I hope and pray that uh, you have come uh, prepared uh, to listen to the man of God, and uh, I hope that uh, God will get the glory. Now, I, I don't, you know, when I, when I look at men, that includes deacons and preachers. I see the Bible says we're dust. We're dust of the earth. And we are dust. God told Adam, said, Thou art dust, and unto dust thou shalt return. And so that's what we are. But today I want to look into I want to look into this uh, scripture. And let me say again for our people that hadn't heard me before, I've got a I got a problem with my sinus, I have some, I have some uh, problems with pollen and uh, dust in the air, and so I hope that my voice will hold out and I can say the things I want to say to you, not because I'm a great speaker, but I got a great subject, and I hope and pray that it'll, it'll, it'll come out as God wants it to come out, now, and I love all of you, and, but I'm not here to impress you. Because you already looked at me and you already sized me up. I'm not very much. But uh, this is, this is everything, and it's great, and it's good. All right, John chapter 14. Now, I have already gotten down to verse 16. And I want to I back up and, and pick up verse 15 again. And I hope you'll follow me in your King James Bible, and, uh, and we'll see what the Lord's got for us this morning in Sunday school class. All right, he says, Lord is talking now. He's talking here to his, his disciples. If you will recall, in the previous chapter, he's just washed their feet. And, 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 this, and, the, and Judas has gone out. So he is talking to the inner circle here of his of his apostles and his friends. And, uh, and, and he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he, that he may abide with you forever. 
even the spirit of truth, whom the word cannot, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now the reason that he is telling the disciples that is because in the previous chapter he he told them, he says, uh, uh, in verse 21 of chapter 13, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And, and, and then he came on down and he told them uh, that in, uh, uh, like in verse 36 of chapter 13, uh, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. So, so the, the, the attitude of the apostles was crestfallen. I mean, uh, the Lord said, I'm going away, and, and, and they had not counted on that. I mean, after all, John the Baptist and the Lord started out their messages uh, and uh, when they began to preach, uh, it was, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so they took that, uh, and rightly so, that the kingdom of God was going to come right just, you know, in a, in a few years or a few months. So they were looking at that. But when Jesus went to saying, I'm going to go away, they, they, they are perplexed. They're saying, what does this mean? And, and, and he, he began to see that they were, uh, they were crestfallen, if I could put it that way, in the English language. So he began to comfort them with some more promises that had not been here heretofore. All right? And I'm back to, back to let me read verse 17 again. Uh, uh, verse 16, rather, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Isn't that a good promise? Isn't that a good promise? If you find Christ, he will give you a comforter that will, that will abide forever. Our scare of the believer. Scare of the believer. If he, if he, if he indwells you, he'll stay forever. Now one feller said, well, I don't always feel saved. And I said, well, you're not saved by feelings. You're saved by faith. Is that right? You see what I mean? And I know that. We, we get crestfallen sometimes, do we not? You see what I mean? Now the Lord's good and he holds to his promise. It's not the Lord's fault that I get behind. It's my fault. You see what I mean? But he gave us a comforter. And he will never leave you. Isn't that good news? You see what I mean? So, so he, he, he did give us a comforter. Okay? And he said, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me, because I live, you shall live also. And that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them... Hello, a lot of people's, a lot of people uh, uh, professes, but do they profess? Do they possess? See what I mean? I'm talking about religion now. 
You know, one preacher said, you can do religion, but God gives salvation. And that's what he's talking about right here. See, it shall be in you, in you. I'll get in that, get in that a little deeper just a minute, if the Lord will let me. All right? At that? Okay. And uh, so he went ahead in verse 22, said, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot. This is Judas that was the apostle. It was Jude, really. This Judas here wrote the book of Jude. All right? Because this was not Judas Iscariot. He'd already left the crowd. All right? Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. My Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news that God would deal with us, us human beings like that? He would abide with us. That's good news. See? Now we live, we live dispensationally in the spirit dispensation. Say, well, wasn't there a Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? Sure there was. Uh, when, when God created the heaven and the earth, and I'm paraphrasing right there, I'm not going to quote it all because I'd probably miss it. He said, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So the Spirit's always been here. But He has not always been in the world as a comforter. He has not always been with believers uh, in an indwelling sense. I mean, you, you, you go read Isaiah or you go read uh, Ezekiel and you will hear words like this. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Or the Spirit came to me. Or, or David prayed, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. We, we don't pray that. If we're born again, God's not going to take his Spirit from us. Now, he may take his fellowship from you. But if you're born again, he does not take his Spirit from you. See? One man went up and said, do you believe once and saved? No, always saved. I said, have you been once saved? See? There's always a question and a debate seems to be about that. Well, the Lord, I just got through saying, uh, reading to you where Jesus said, we will abide with you forever. Jesus said that. So I believe it. Now, I want to talk to you a few minutes this morning about the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy, the, the Holy Spirit, uh, this promise that Jesus gave right here, uh, it really started out now, not as an indwelling at the time, but it started out with John, John the Baptist, and let me, and, and let's, let's go over there to uh, Matthew chapter 3. Look, at, look with me at chapter 3 of Matthew. Let me present this if I can. Matthew chapter 3. Let's look at verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of God of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John has his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. In other words, he was a very poor man. He dressed poorly and he ate poorly according to the standards of, of men. 
But he, he was lowly in the sight of men. But God was using him mightily. All right. And, and, <clears throat> and there went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about, uh, around about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. You might need to underline that. It wasn't just baptismal regeneration. It was confessing their sins. And you might tell your Campbellite friends that if they'll allow you to do it. All right? And they were baptized with him in Jordan. And when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who's warmed you to flee the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now so the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire. And this next verse is what I want to get to. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather wheat, his wheat from the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So, so John the Baptist was forecasting that Jesus was gone. He, now, what, when John, what John was saying is that I'm baptizing you with water, and that's important. But there's going to come one mightier than me, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And, and I submit to you that that did happen on the day of Pentecost. But, but also, we are, we are submerged when we're saved, when you're really born again. Your soul is submerged with the Holy Ghost so that God gives you this as a gift to let you know something happened to you. Now, he washes your sins away, and I think that happens in heaven. See, that transaction happens in heaven. When, when you repent and God accepts your repentance, you know, see, some people, they say, well, uh, I've been to the altar. Well, I went to the altar too, a time or two and didn't get saved. See, you may have to go more than once. You know, we had a young lady here that, that went eight or ten years I'm not, I'm not making fun of her. I, never did we do it. We just, we just kept saying to her, keep on, Sarah, seeking. Keep on seeking. You know what? The Lord saved her. And she's got a good testimony now. So, so I'm, I'm not trying to get people, you know, to only make a trip somewhere. It's with the heart man believeth. With the heart man believeth. You see? And now, and I'm, I'm not getting on you. I'm your friend. I hope and pray that you'll understand that. I'm telling you this because I love you and I want you to get it truthfully. See? But, but the Lord baptizes with the Holy Ghost. See? And so that's what Jesus was talking about in our lesson today. He'll baptize you. We will make our abode and we will never leave. So John was foretelling that here. You see what I mean? All right. Now, uh, you, you say, well, 
what, what, how did that affect the church? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. I want to uh, read a, a verse or two there. Acts chapter 1. I got a new Bible and the pages clean together. So forgive me. Acts chapter 1, look at verse 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, uh, now this is when Jesus is showing himself to them. Being assembled together with them, the, the, the disciples, the apostles here, he commanded them they should not depart from Jerusalem, but, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And, and when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom, uh, again the kingdom to Israel? Now there you are. See, I've already said, these apostles thought that the kingdom of heaven, and I think they, I think they had in mind uh, the millennial kingdom. You might disagree with that, and that's fine. But, but they were looking for a kingdom. And he said, will you at this time do that? See, they, they had no idea that, that it was going to be, they didn't even have any idea that the Lord was going to turn to the Gentiles, even though prophecy said that over and over. See, they thought he was coming right away. And so they're asking this question. See, <clears throat> Uh, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he saith unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the season which the Father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up in a cloud, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So, so you see, he, at this moment, for them to get the Holy Spirit as a comforter, he was yet to come at this point. All right? If we, if we go to Acts chapter 2 and, and read verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they, they, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like, like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So you see, this was fulfilled. But it was not fulfilled until Jesus was gone. He said, I will pray the Father, and he will send you a comforter. Now, let me address the word comforter a minute. We all know what comforter means in the English language. But a comforter in the heart is one that comforts you concerning your salvation. See? And we tell people all the time, if you're seeking the Lord... Don't quit until he does something for you in your heart. I never shall forget when I was a teenager growing up. 
I had a, we had a pastor, and he was a tight, no prisoners man. And, and he was good. He loved everybody. But when he got in that pulpit, he wasn't your friend. He'd tell you that. But when he got down out of there, he'd hug your neck, pray for you. If you needed money, he'd give you money. But, but, but he, he took no prisoners. You see what I mean? So, so one, we had protracted meetings. Uh, some of y'all may not know what that is. That's more than that for two weeks. And we lived in the country, out in the country, and had a country school there on the yard. And, uh, and, uh, and the school board members were all church members. They were deacons in the church. So they told the school teacher, and back then you could do that. He said, now at 10 o'clock, when, when we opened services, said, you bring those children out here and set them in this section of this building over here, and uh, you're in charge of them, but make them behave, and we want them all to listen to the gospel. So, so three or four of us boys, we up in the 12, 14 age, we made it up to, to say, well, you know, and I was kind of feeling bad. So we made it up. Now, in the morning, we're going to go up. So sure enough, I gave the altar call, and we went up, and, and, and the church began to, to rejoice because these old mean boys was finding the Lord is what it seemed like. Well, we got down, and back then they'd call the church in to pray for you. So they prayed for us. The pastor come by and whispered in my ear and said, Glenn, has the Lord done anything in your heart for you? No, sir. I was afraid to lie. And so he did that about three times, and finally he said, you boys are not under conviction deep enough yet. So y'all come back tonight and see if the Lord will leave the conviction on you. Now later on, believe me, my conviction got deeper. Later on. But, but, but I said that to this say to you. In those days, in those days, they, they, they wanted people to get it. They wanted people to get what we're talking about this morning. The Holy Ghost. Now, as most people think, the Holy Ghost is something that'll make you jump up and down, holler, hoop. Now he might. But let me say to you, if you're watching TV, all that stuff they got is not the Holy Ghost. You say, how you know? Well, I know it's not because the doctrine they preach. You see what I mean? You see? Uh, uh, the Bible says that the Word and the Spirit agree. So these guys that get up on TV and promise you a prosperity gospel, send them $100 and they'll ask God to do something good for you. You see what I mean? That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. God blesses you and I as He pleases. And I pray that He does bless us. And He does give blessings. He does give blessings. But don't get that mixed up. Don't get that mixed up with what them dudes are saying. You see, you take the money out of that and they'd be gone before uh, tomorrow night. And you can tell them I said that if you want to. All right. So they were, so, so they did receive the Holy Ghost. Now, somebody said, well, uh, what's this all about? Well, could I, could I, I'm, I'm talking about receiving the Holy Ghost this morning now, okay? All right. Let's look at Hebrews Chapter 11. Now, when did the Holy Ghost come as a comforter? Not when he was here, but when did he come 
on us as a comforter. All right, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. Now, all you Bible readers recognize that is the faith chapter, we'd call it, and that's good. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39. Let me read, uh, let me read 37 to bring you up to speed on it. I probably need to read from 31, but I don't have time. So let me read from 30, verse 37. And this is the writer of Hebrews talking about the former believers. And y'all all know this, all right? Verse 37, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And they did that. If you, read, uh, if you read Baptist history and you read some of them old histories, you find out they really did that. But they did it before, before Jesus. Because he's talking here about the Old Testament saints. All right, next verse. And these all having obtained a good report. How? How? Through faith, receive not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. See, that don't mean, don't mean they wasn't saved because till we come along, but it means that the Holy Ghost wasn't here as God had promised until we got here. Our dispensation. Okay? The Holy Ghost was here, but not as a comforter. Say, well, I don't know about that, Mr. Pollard. Well, let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. See what Paul had to say about things like this. Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 25. Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Wherefore, I am made according to the dispensation of God, that's Paul talking, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but, is, but now is made manifest to his saints. When? Now. To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, folks, doctrinally speaking now, the Old Testament saints were secure. Don't anybody leave here saying, well, man, don't think Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was saved. Yes, I do. But they did not have an indwelling comforter like you and I. It was not their dispensation. See? And so now then, back to the lesson. Jesus was promising from here on, from Pentecost on, the Comforter was going to indwell in his people. And can I say this to you? The Comforter comforts you concerning salvation. The Comforter lets you know God is with you. And like I said a while ago, Mr. Pollard, I don't always feel like God's with me. I don't either. 
But when I get when I get to praying and confessing, then he shows up. And, and, and I think that leads right into our, our, our intentions for this week. I hope that we as Christians will get caught up with God. Peter put it like this. He said, I write this to stir up your pure minds. Okay, this man's going to preach to us. I'm not going to tell him what to preach, and Brother Bell's not going to tell him what to preach. I hope God will tell him what to preach, and I believe he will. And I could say this, you can preach against sin here, brother. I don't know what the Lord's going to lead you to, but you can preach against sin here. Now, I hope for saints it will stir us up. I hope that we will search our hearts, be sure that we don't have any malice, be sure that we got, we got our heart right with God, be sure that we love others. I hope that, we, that, 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 you, that God will let you know we love sinners. I mean, the things that I say up here sometimes seems pretty rough, but I'm your friend. I've got good news for you. See? We're, you're, not born, you're not born of your mother being a saint. See? Paul said in, is, is, it, is, it, is it Ephesians 3? We are children of... We, we, we are children of wrath by nature. Now that don't mean God hates you. Don't mean that. It just means you, we, you and I were not born right the first time. We come from our mother's womb speaking lies, David said. David said that about himself, and I say that about me and you. See, and, and we're natural born sinners. We, we, we gravitate to sin if God isn't in our lives. Why? Naturally. But God, but, but here's what the world, here's what the lost world, I think, fails to see. God hates sin. He hates sin so bad that when Adam and Eve disobeyed him, he, he, he removed them from the Garden of Eden. Why? Because he was offended. Well, now, if he was offended at Adam and Eve's sin, don't you think he'd be offended at me for mine and you for yours? See, he's not a mean God. He's a holy God. You see what I mean? Now, he wants you to be saved from your sins. He wants you to be saved from your sins so bad he sent his son to die for me and you on Calvary. And Isaiah 53 says, and when he saw the travail of his soul, he was satisfied. God looked down, saw Jesus suffering, all that suffering of his son, not only his fleshly suffering, but his soul was made of sin for offering. Me and you could be nailed to a cross, but our soul couldn't be made of sin for offering because our soul is not righteous like his was perfect. And he was made a perfect sacrifice. And when God saw that, he was pleased. He was satisfied. You say, what, what, satisfied for what? He was satisfied that Jesus paid mine and your sin debt. Yeah. Is that good news? That's good news. That's the gospel. When God saw the travail of his soul, he was satisfied. Now, you, you can have it free. 
It's a gift to me and you. Now, you can't take it any other way. For by grace are we saved through faith. That not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. You see what I mean? Now, you can do good deeds, and I'm not against that, but it won't get you to heaven. See, one man told a good friend of mine, preacher, he went to talk to him about the Lord, and the feller said, hey, I got a ring on it. I'm a pretty good feller. And he said, well, you may be a pretty good feller, but without Jesus Christ, pretty good fellers go to hell. You see what I mean? Not trying to make fun of anybody, but, but that's the truth. See, it's got to be Christ. It's got to be Christ. He's, he, there's power in his name. Not power in my name. Not power in this church's name. Power in his name. When God saw the trail of his soul, he was satisfied. Praise God. Now then, God can look at you at, through the blood of his son. Look at you through the blood of his son and say, you can go free. Is that good? Man, it is good. You can go free. Why? Somebody paid your price. I know we got people in the world in religion, oh, I'm doing the best I can. Don't you think my good deeds will outweigh my bad? I'll be all right. Well, when I look at you, you've got some good deeds. But can I say this to you honestly? When God looks at you, you don't. There's none good, no, not one, when God looks at you. I'm talking about you and your own and your own and your own being. See, but when God sees his son in you, he pronounced you just. Not only now, but forever. Didn't I read in there where Jesus said, I'll send the comforter and, and he and I will abide how long? Till you fall from grace? No. No. The writer of Hebrews addressed that, I think, in chapter 6. See? Of Hebrews. Where he was talking about uh, if we should fall away and be renewed again. Now, here, here's what he says to me in that, in that verse, in that chapter. He says, if you could be saved, and if you could be lost again, for you to be saved again, Jesus would have to come and die again. And I'm pretty sure he's not going to do that. He died for us once. Died for us once. Praise God. See, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. You're so good to us. You're here today now, and you don't know him. I want you to know he died for you. And, and, and I hope that you'll understand we're not, we're not yelling at you. and We're not trying to put you down. We're just trying to tell you the truth. But God does love sinners, but he don't love our sins. See? You have to be washed away, or have your sins washed away. You say, how do I do that, Mr. Pollard? By faith. By faith. And I, and I run across a few people that says, well, what does it really mean, saving faith means? And I have kind of a hard time sometimes expressing that, so the same old preacher that whispered in my ear, you ain't got it. He didn't say that, but he said it. The same preacher, he said, 
let me explain saving faith to you. He said, it's like a rope stretched across the Grand Canyon. Now, I don't know how many of y'all have seen the Grand Canyon, but I have. It's the biggest hole in the world, hole in the earth I ever saw, and I've been halfway around the world back. It is big. He said, it's like stretching a rope across the Grand Canyon, and Jesus Christ is there with a wheelbarrow and said, do you believe I can roll you across the Grand Canyon in a wheelbarrow on a rope? Moses says, no, I don't, and they fall away. But he said, if you believe he can, he said, get in. He said, that would be faith. And that's the way faith is about trusting Christ. So you trust him. You trust him. You trust him. What for? To take away your sins. You see what I mean? All right? Well, I've coming. Been a little bit running rabbits this morning, so you forgive me for that. I hope and pray that I've said some things that would help you. That's my whole intent. My whole intent is not to uphold me. I'm nothing. I'm small. I'm, I'm, I'm in out, and I know that. But I wanted to tell you how Jesus is a good Savior. And he, he, he saves sinners. And the Bible says he came to save the Seek and save the lost. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, he's seeking you. He seeks you by that Holy Ghost he's talking about. That's a comforter to Christians. But, it, but it's, it, he, he strives with sinners about their sins. See, we call that Holy Spirit conviction. That means there's something in your heart saying, I'm not right. I'm not right. That's God. That's God warning you, see? And thank God for Holy Spirit conviction. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for listening to me. How many of you had your Bible this morning?